Hello, everyone, and welcome to another interview for the 2017 Online Teacher Summit. I have the pleasure to introduce to you Patrice Palmer. She has more than 20 years experience as an ESL teacher, teacher trainer, and curriculum writer in Canada, and seven years in Hong Kong. Patrice has taught students from 8 to 80 years and in a variety of programs, such as ESP, EAP, Business English, and language programs for new immigrants in Canada. Patrice now works as a teacherpreneur, doing the things she loves, such as online teaching, writing online courses, blogging, instructional coaching for new teachers, and traveling at any time of the year to conduct short-term training around the world. Welcome, Patrice. How are you? Thank you. I'm well. Thank you for inviting me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. And today, I invited Patrice to talk about the niche. What is finding your niche so that you can really differentiate yourself as a language teacher? It's very important at the beginning of every journey as a business, and in our case, online teaching business, to find our niche. But for some of us who might be still figuring out some lingo, could mm -hmm. you please start by telling us how would you define a niche? Well, I'd like to start first by talking about branding. So you did actually touch on it, and it's how we uh, distinguish ourselves from other ESL or online teachers. And so niche is um, part of our branding. So niche is really just that segment of a population that you want to work with. And it really is identifying that ideal client or student. Yes, but if I'm a teacher who likes to teach all kinds of classes, how, how would a niche help me find new students, for example? Well, I think we feel better when we teach in our comfort zone. So when we look at our experience, um, where we're really um, trained to help our language learners, um, that, I think, really makes us shine, and it, it makes us... Um, more confident in our abilities to attract the right person. So um, I always tell people about 400 million English language learners in China. So first of all, even if you wanted to teach all those individuals, you just couldn't. And within those 400 million, they all have a different reason for learning English. And so I think we just need to really give some thought as to um, our expertise and skills, and then attracting an ideal client or student. Okay, so you mentioned in our expertise and skills. So I'm going to assume that we start there in trying to figure out our niche, but how do we go about it? How do I say, this is my niche? Well, I think there's a couple of ways. Um, the first one is really just doing a self-assessment. So. Um, I've done this with other teacherpreneurs where I ask them to really think about your transferable skills. Um, teachers have many transferable skills. Um, we're creative, we have great time management, um, we are good at dealing with conflict, I could go on and on, but just identifying maybe your top five and then thinking about what you really love about teaching English. So for example, some people, some teachers love assessment. They love teaching TOEFL, IELTS. They love young learners. Um, I am not good with young learners. That is definitely <laughs> not my niche. Now, I could teach English to everybody, 
Um, but I'm not really going to be the best teacher I can be with young learners. So I think it's just practical to think, okay, my experience has been with adults, um, mainly in Canada and internationally trained professionals. That's my experience. Um, I know that group of students. I know what they need and I feel I can best attract those types of students. Great. And if I, let's say, already have a group of students that I'm working with, and um, but I'm giving all kinds of lessons, is there any way maybe to validate some niche from one of the things that I'm doing using my current group of students so that I can maybe find what I'm best at with the group that I'm already working with? I think that's a really good question. Um, maybe the, the best way to start is think about um, what student um, do you get excited about? So if, if I know that I'm going to have my Spanish class um, with you, uh, or my English class with you at uh, five o'clock, um, I might be really, really excited and be thinking about, oh, I, you know, I know a, a new technique or something I'm going to use with that student today, as opposed to thinking, oh, I've got another language class today at five o'clock. So I think just we, we have intuition about where we really fit with certain types of um, students. And for me, it would be age. Like I could definitely um, say I wouldn't be as excited working with an eight-year-old um, that I would be with an 80-year-old. And I have had students um, at, at 80 years old who are just still, you know, very keen on, on learning. So it's not that we want to um, stop working with particular students, but I think if we really gave it some thought about the students we love to work with the most, um, there's probably a commonality with those students. Great. So I would like to go back to what you mentioned about expertise and transferable skills. Could you give us some examples from you or from teachers that you work with, how they took some experience from outside the online teaching world and transfer that into their passion for teaching and maybe into their niche? Okay, um, I, I don't always want to talk about myself, but I do have um, one example I'll give. So for the last um, eight years or so, um, I've been involved with programs for internationally trained professionals. Um, in terms of job search, um, getting their credentials assessed. Um, I really, really spent a lot of time um, working in that program. And so I know that group, I, I know what they need in order to learn about um, interviewing skills in Canada, for example. So when I was setting up my online um, profile on italki, I actually looked at other teachers and I thought, okay, that person has that many years experience, that person does that. What do I have to offer that is unique? What sets me apart from every other teacher that teaches English and lives in Canada, and I can just scroll and keep looking at those profiles? What is going to jump out um, to that particular person that I want to work with? And so um, I've, I've, had incredible um, lessons with very interesting people who are either abroad coming to Canada or actually are just in the next city from me um, and they're already here. And so um, that's an example of where I really looked at, okay, 
what do I have to offer that's my expertise and that's different, what sets me apart. And then I can think of some, some teachers who maybe haven't been teaching that long. So I'm in my 21st year. Um, I think that gives me credibility as an English teacher. But for people who are just starting out, I think we can still look at our transferable skills. Um, what are some specialties? Um, you know, that you studied in university, for example. Um, I recently met um, a teacher who lives in Russia who does um, English with winds English and windsurfing and teenagers. Um, now that is not online teaching necessarily, but she's combining her love, her expertise, her skills, and that is a very specific niche. So, you know, maybe there is a way to um, turn that into some type of online um, niche. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm glad you mentioned looking around and what's being offered out there, especially if you're going to be part of a marketplace, like you mentioned, italki. I remember also looking at profiles on LinkedIn of other online mm -hmm. professionals, online, online teachers, and see what, what's being offered there. And I also remember asking some colleagues and students what do you see is my best assets? Because sometimes we might have an idea of what we're good at, but some people say, well, Paulino, you are a good actor. And when you tell stories, mm -hmm. I'm really engaged. Instead of doing the grammar drills you always ask us to do. <laughs> I think that's a really good point. I actually had written that down as a, a note um, because I hope that we could talk about that a bit today. But I think um, others do see us differently. So we may define ourselves as a teacher, um, you know, in a very different way than our students do. So I think it's a really good idea to ask teachers that we work with um, and some of our students. Um, so that's a great point that you raised. Talking about differences, not only of our expertise, but uh, teachers around the world also are trained differently. Um, and we all strive to find our own teaching style. So there are different teaching styles. Are there certain niches that go better with certain teaching styles that you can think of? Yeah, that, that's a really interesting question too. Um, I think for me, uh, my style really is uh, sort of in an informal, relaxed kind of environment. I like to use humor. Um, I like to tell stories and give examples. Um, I'm not much of a grammarian, you know, that kind of, um, you know, I, I often call it page turning teaching, you know, where you have a textbook and you just follow the exercises and, um, you don't kind of deviate from the, 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 the book or, or the lesson that's prepared. Um, I always ask students, you know, have a trial lesson with me, see what you think. And, um, you know, usually the trial lesson goes quite well. Uh, our style is not going to be for everybody. And I think that's fine too. Great. So keeping up with um, our niche related to the lesson per se, I, I want to move on to maybe some marketing or content in a website later. But thinking about our lesson, I know that a lot of language teachers likes to give, likes to give conversation lessons. So that we have lots of us doing conversation lessons. 
what, what do you think could be some good examples of within the conversation lesson category, niching down and, and finding a specific aspect of conversation lessons that teachers can give? Yeah, so what does that really mean, conversation? Um, you know, when I do a trial lesson or um, on italki, you, there's an instant tutoring feature. I can just click on and have a live um, conversation with you right now. I think that's very different than having um, a student three times a week. That really does have a goal. So when I think about conversation, I think about listening and speaking skills. Um, but in what context? So is it in the workplace? Is it for um, small talk? Is it, you know, what, what does that student need conversation um, practice with? We could have conversation for hours, but is there any learning? So I think maybe that's the danger, that conversation lessons are just too loose um, and really asking students what they want to learn English for, what is the purpose. Great. And then from, from that purpose, we can bring our expertise and maybe, let's say, I have a performing background and I might uh, attract students who want to uh, do arts in different parts of the Spanish-speaking world. So we can have conversations, but about art and performing in, uh, in these places, in this country. So now our conversation has prepare them, prepares them to be able to have similar conversations in those places where they're going to go and perform or just appreciate the arts, for example. Mm -hmm. And I find when I have conversation, just, you know, like a trial lesson or instant tutoring is switched on and someone calls me from Lithuania or whatever, and, and we're having a conversation, um, it, it's more like I'm conversing and I'm interviewing the person. Um, it seems to be more one-sided, and that's not how our English language um, teaching should be. It should really be more um, two-way and interactive. I think the danger with conversation is that the student becomes more passive, and they're just being interviewed, and, and that's been my experience. So um, I think we should really be more specific about what skills um, are required for good conversation, if that's what the student determines they want. Um, but, but that's where our expertise as language teachers comes in, right? You really need to know your student and um, help them meet their goals. It's not, not what we want, right? It's what, what they want. Exactly. And we, li we like to talk. We are language teachers before <laughs> English, Spanish. We are language teachers first and we love to use, <laughs> uh, we like to talk. But um, let's, uh, let's think a little bit beyond the class itself, uh, because as online teachers and teacherpreneurs, we have to promote ourselves, market ourselves, create profiles. How does deciding our niche influence um, what we put out there in our profiles, in our social media posts, maybe even when we create a course. Yeah, and I think that to start, I would just like to say, if we don't know what our niche is, people aren't going to know what we do. So you can go to a website and you can see all kinds of links and a picture of the, the person, their credentials, 
but you don't really know what they do. So if I want to learn Spanish um, for traveling, um, but you are teaching Spanish for academic purposes and I don't really know and I have to kind of you know, look at your site. Um, or even worse, find out when you already schedule a lesson with the teachers. Like, oh, you really only do academic. Stuff. Yeah, so it's it's just not a, a good fit. So it has to be, our message has to be very clear about what we do. So um, in an online course I just taught for teacherpreneurs, we talked about claiming our expertise and our XYZ. Um, so I've seen a lot of LinkedIn profiles where people say, I help, so I'll use mine for example. Um, so this is not my online um, teaching that I do, but I have a website for new teachers. So I help new ESL teachers develop their professional skills to increase their confidence. Um, so I'm not working with all ESL teachers. I'm just working with new teachers who are struggling because they are lacking confidence. Um, that's on my website. When people go to my site, they see that. If you're a teacher with 20 years experience, you're probably going to bounce or leave my site because we're not a good fit and that's fine. So it's the same with um, any kind of social media. Um, in your profile, you should say what you do. So. Um, you know, I help people with their business English to be more successful in their job search, something like that. So really be, you have to be able to say what it is in a sentence. And if you can't articulate it, um, then nobody's going to know what you do. So we have to be really clear. Um, and then getting to the point around courses and materials, I'm not going to develop something for young learners when that is not my niche. So um, we're going to develop um, courses or, or materials or, or freebies um, that are specific to our niche. We English language teaching is, is so huge. We can't make everybody happy within that field. So it just makes sense that we would niche down Exactly. And then, you know, uh, you mentioned English language teacher. At the Online Teacher Summit, we have uh, language teachers from many different languages, but obviously we know that English is, has yes. highest demand. Um, okay. But you also mentioned that uh, uh, we, we talked at the beginning that we could find from our expertise and skills, but sometimes it's hard to do on our own. And I'm glad you mentioned that there are other ways to find your niche, like working with a coach like you to bounce off ideas, or you can work with a group. But i like to learn a little more, how is it to work with a coach or with a trainer in finding, in finding my niche? What can I expect from that experience? Well, I think um, coaching is, Coaching is great for all kinds of um, reasons, and it's not just to, to find our niche, but um, a, a coach just helps you to answer those questions that you really need answered so you can move ahead. Um, so for example, I do instructional coaching with new ESL teachers. Um, the process would be very different if I was working with someone who wanted to discover their niche. So. Um, 
asking different questions. Um, what I did recently in the online course is I, I asked, I gave some homework and I asked teacherpreneurs to really um, think about their expertise, their transferable skills, what they love about teaching languages. Um, and then the, the final assignment was to write that XYZ. So I help do, 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 do. And that was much harder um, than they thought it would be. And so, you know, I was getting these assignments where, you know, the sentence was, you know, one paragraph. And it's just like, you've, you've got to really um, narrow it down. And I think that's where a coach helps to ask those questions. So if you say, I help language learners improve their grammar, I might say, well, language learners where or for what purpose or where do they live um, just helping you really um, narrow down what it is that you want to be able to say I help um, business business professionals um, use small talk in the workplace more efficiently or um, whatever it is that you feel is is the right fit for you in terms of skills, expertise, and um, your passion. It has to it has to be fun and enjoyable. <laughs> I'm not. I, I keep going back to young learners. Um, I could probably teach young learners all day long um, because there's a big demand. Um, but I'm not going to be passionate about that. Um, it's just not a good fit for me. So I think it's important to really know what is our fit, right? What is our niche? That is exactly, and that's very true. Uh, besides teaching adults online, I do teach young learners in schools, and it's very demanding. But <laughs> I really enjoy it, and and it and it shows most a lot of the times. Teachers ask me, it's like, what what should I do in the class? What kind of verse? Mm -hmm. What kind of activity?" And it's, you know, you can find, and this also goes to online teaching. You can find the best activity recommended by the top teachers in the world. But if you are not convinced and behind that idea and deliver it with passion the activity will not work it it comes to yeah. the the teacher good point yes yes so i won't be st stealing any of your students anytime <laughs> soon i promise <laughs> great now let's say that i did find my niche maybe i'm i've been thinking about it maybe i work with a coach but i'm a person of many passions and many experiences is it possible to have more than one niche Yes, because I do. <laughs> and so I think it's, it's hard just to, um, you know, we're creative beings. Teachers are, are creative. Language teachers are creative. Uh, we have lots of ideas. So um, I would just recommend that you, you keep it separate. So I have my website for new ESL teachers. Then I have a different website for other things that I do. So um, the messaging is just different. Um, the way I would um, post on social media, those messages are different. Um, I think we can wear different hats, but maybe not um, have them, you know, sort of um, 
we don't want people to be confused by what we do. We want people to be attracted to what we do and say, I want to work with that person or that teacher would be a, a good teacher for me. We don't want people thinking, I'm not sure if that teacher is a good teacher for me and then, you know, move on. Um, it might not be the right fit for you, but that's, that's okay. But I think we want to be clear with our, our messaging but yes of course we have more than one passion now um, this could be a tricky question but um, what happens if we start with a second passion and then we see that it's not working or we were not really passionate enough about it what's our exit strategy what happens then yeah good good point um, uh, yeah, I read something recently that we should spend at least a year developing one area. Um, so before deciding, oh, I have this passion, this one, and this one, and trying to equally build them all, um, I would build one and then try another one and see. Um, because we know how how much work it takes to um, teach online, find students, um, have energy to teach um, in the way that we want to teach. I think if we start being um, distracted by those other passions, maybe in the end you might want an exit strategy just because you find you can't put the time into it. It may not be that we don't have that passion, but we're just burning out. Um, so just be realistic about how much you can do. Um, in a week or in six months or a year and then You know try something else, but I wouldn't try to balance too many things too many balls in the air Right that is that the idiom? Yeah. Too many balls in the air <laughs> Unless you're a juggler then you can okay. <laughs> Good point Patrice, you have given us a lot to think about, about using our expertise and skills and transfer them into our teaching to niche into what we really want to accomplish to attract students into that, um, into that area. Um, is there anything else you can think of that I haven't asked you though, that you wanted to share with our audience? Yes, I would say don't be afraid to reach out to people you see on social media, um, ask them how they determine their niche. Um, people are usually really generous with their time um, and sharing. I always say it's definitely more collaboration than um, competition. Um, and so don't be afraid just to, that's what social media is for, it's to connect with other people. Um, it's also more fun to do things with with other teachers but um just see you know what their struggles have been um just you know don't be afraid to email me ask a question um just you know you're never going to get the answer if you don't uh, reach out and, and ask so don't be shy and talking about reaching out <laughs> If people want to reach out to you, what would be a good way to find more about you or contact you? Thank you. Okay, so uh, I, my website is www.teacherpreneur.ca and um, my other email besides my Gmail and inverting my name, which gets very confusing, um, I also use Instructor at gmail.com. Um, I'm on social media and email a lot, so uh, always at my computer, and you can expect to hear 
uh, for me probably the same day, if not the next day. So um, always happy to give advice. Uh, lots of people have helped me along the way, so it's good to give back. Great, and we have a link to your website here on your speaker page, so I encourage anyone who wants to learn more about Patrice to, to contact her. Patrice, it's been an honor and a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your expertise. Thank you, I've had a lot of fun today. Thanks. Have a good day. You too.